Hello everyone and welcome to the Brunton and Bugle, a podcast focusing on the trials and tribulations of Kai Knight Football Club. From Junior Mendes to Trevor Malloy and David Raven to Andrew Roddy, we've got it covered. This is episode 15 and we're going to be reviewing the midweek draw at Oldham and looking ahead to this weekend's trip to the East Coast to face Grimsby Town. There'll also be the usual general news roundup and a look at what Exploders have been getting up to. For this episode, I'm joined by my regular co-host Dan McLennan. Dan, how's it going? Not too bad. I'm uh, I'm a bit gutted I missed uh, the episode you did with Mike on Monday because my now semi-traditional one-all score came in. I know, and I, and I told him not to as well. I, I gave him a warning, <laughs> said, don't you dare pick a one-one draw. But <laughs> sorts of is one, but there you yeah. go. Um, but yeah, it's one of those things, isn't it? The game's coming thick and fast at the moment, so we're just trying to fit in these episodes as much as we can. We'll try and do yeah, one. Yeah, definitely. I was just, just looking at the fixture list uh, a second ago before... We've started recording there, and obviously we've got uh, Grimsby this weekend, Morecambe at home on Tuesday, then a long trip down to Exeter, Newport at home, and then we're on to uh, the FA Cup, which is something we'll be talking about today. We will be, we will be indeed. Um, Okay, I think that's enough for the old general crack, so we'll get straight down to business. Um, News roundup, not really much happening, because these games are coming so thick and fast, we're not really getting much in terms of news, are we? We're going to hopefully talk about... Nigel Clubbins' interview that he's done with the official websites, but our own half. But neither me or you have had the time to actually sit down and listen to it, have we? That's the problem. Not the, not the full. I've, I've listened, I've watched a couple of the clips, but yeah. uh, I need to uh, sit down and uh, yeah. I think we'll take maybe, a few notes. We'll try and do that one before the Morgan game, if not before the, the game after that. So, um, so, yeah, the only bit of news really is one we missed out uh, last week is the coaching staff changes. It's just a small one. It's that Greg Short has been appointed as the first team strength and conditioning coach after the recent departure of David Waldy. Uh, he's previously did the role of the youth team and he actually was stepping in, wasn't he, to the role just to fill in while they tried to find a replacement and clearly they'd seen enough and decided the lads were for the job permanently. Yeah, uh, Greg Short's brother, Tom, who I actually know, is a uh, first team strength and conditioning coach at Burnley. Ah. Uh, he fin- when he finished uni, he... Uh, he got uh, he got a job at Burnley and he's sort of worked his way up a bit there and he's now classed as one of the uh, the first team coaching staff so he's done very well for himself and he's he, I, I've, I've, I always have a look what he's up to on Twitter and that and uh, mm. if Greg's from the same sort of ilk as his brother he uh, he should be a good appointment hopefully yeah definitely it's always nice to see people getting promoted from within as well at the club it's always yeah nice yeah to, definitely to definitely. see about that um, okay on to the next bit I think I've, I've left this one for you to look at Dan really for us. Uh, you mentioned it in the introduction there, the FA Cup fourth round qualifying takes place this weekend and obviously after that on Monday, we'll find out who we play in the first round proper. It's a bit of a weird one this year, isn't it? I think there's been a bit of a weird mix of teams in there because of the fact that there's because um, so many teams are sort of coming back at different times and stuff like that. Some of the smaller teams are doing quite well, aren't they? And it could be an interesting to see who we face. Yeah, um, well, first of all, obviously with uh, Macclesfield Town, uh ceasing to exist one team were lucky enough to get a bye into the first round 
and that was uh, Chorley, which mm. is it's one of those sort of non-league teams that well, you, you see in the cup draw, you think, oh, that'd be a good away, wouldn't it? But uh, no, Chorley hasn't... Uh, Chorley have got through, so they're already through. Uh, the lowest team left... Uh, Club quite local to you, Scalmersdale United. Yeah, uh, they're the last step five club, lowest ranked team remaining, and uh, one or two clubs that started the campaign in the extra prelim- preliminary round. <laughs> uh, the other being Mask United from the Northern Premier League Division One Northwest. Mm. So they they go through as many rounds as clubs that get to Wembley, apparently. Yeah, I mean, I mean, uh, there's. there's Sorry, sorry, sorry. I was going to say that Skelmersdale, they'd they be the level below Workington these days, aren't they? I think all these I think so, more. yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm trying to think of top there. I think, yeah, Workington are level four rounds. So they'd be the level before Workington, just to give people a bit of a context on it. Yeah, it, it, it's interesting looking at, I'm just looking at the uh, the draw here and some of the teams left. There's a little bit of a lack of a funny name team, isn't there, really, left in there? Normally you get lots of uh, interesting ones. but Cray Cre- no. Valley Paper Mills. Oh, well, there you go. That, that's that's a belt, to be fair. Like. Yeah, Hartley and, uh, Whitney. Hartley Whitney sounds like yeah. a, a solicitor, doesn't it? Really, it doesn't sound like a football team. Yeah, there's uh, two career teams, as I just mentioned, Cray Valley Paper Mills and also Cray Wanderers. Uh, eagle-eyed Carlisle fans will notice a couple of clubs we've played in uh, semi-famous semi-famous ties. Uh, Guysley, who we uh, mm. played in the mid nineties at Bradford, Bradford wasn't City, it? yeah. yeah. And we took about four to five thousand that day. Mm. It was an incredible following, and also Ilkeston Town. Now, this isn't the Ilkeston that famously beat us two one in the what was Phoenix the worst, club, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, the worst game ever. It's actually a Phoenix club, and I think yeah. it's only their second FA Cup campaign. Oh, really? I know there's been a lot of uh, trouble with. Uh, Ilkston's football club and local businessmen mm. and I actually I've got a mate who lives near Ilkston and he, he said it's you could write a book on what's happened at that club but uh, yeah. yeah I mean there's, there's also the usual Darlington Hartlepool Stockport Chester Wrexham you know there's there's quite should, a few of the clubs that we haven't yeah, played for a while should point out looking at the draw for some reason on the FA website it's got Banbury United v Berry Town in the north bit the Berry Town there is not Berry in Manchester, isn't it? That's the Suffolk Berry. Yes, yes. There's a bit of a cock up there by them. Um, yeah, it's one of those ones we, we normally get excited at this stage, don't we? Because me and you are always desperate for us to get some small non-league team away so we can go and enjoy a nice little trip out. But probably not going to be able to do that, whatever happens, I think, in this. Uh, I'd have to check the rules again, but uh, obviously some of these clubs are allowed fans at the moment Yeah. in certain numbers, but I would guess that if they were to play a EFL team yeah. I wonder if it would become be- behind closed doors especially I'll, if it's well, a TF- have to read up on that yeah especially if it's for instance well, one of the other teams there is Marine who is based in sort of not just north of Liverpool uh, in a little place called Waterloo actually Crosby effectively um, they're also in a tier 3 area as well so you'd imagine they probably won't be allowed fans to go to the game yeah, definitely, definitely. But yeah, look at that. Like I said, you've got Marine. You've got you've got obviously all your, your conference, uh, sorry, National League teams are coming at this stage yeah. as well. South Shields in there as well would have been a nice one. But yeah, it, it makes me laugh. He's just talking about all these teams, and you just know, come the draw, will be first. We will be sorry, second one, last team out. Se- last team out away from home. Yeah, and it'll probably be to someone like Sunderland. <laughs> 
I won't even be good as Sunderland. It'd be something yeah. terrible. Like, I don't know, Paul Vale or something like that. Yeah. Or Peterborough. Peterborough. Yeah. Peter, guaranteed yeah, to get yeah. beat, probably. That's well, I, I just want to give a quick shout out to uh, a Twitter account, FA Cup Fact File. Uh, yes, excellent. We've, we've, we've retweeted it on our Brunt and Bugle Twitter today. Uh, the folks behind FA Cup Fact File do uh, excellent previews and reviews of all the FA Cup rounds, and uh, it's definitely an account worth following. Absolutely, absolutely. So we'll, we'll, we should know by the time we actually record the next episode exactly who we're facing. You know, the next round, because I think the draw will be on Monday. Is it, in fact, is, the, it, is it Monday evening they're doing it, or are they doing it Monday There's evening? a TV game on Monday evening, so I wonder if it's either uh, before or after that. Probably not then. We probably probably would have recorded by then, I would have thought, but we'll, we'll, we'll wait and see. If not, we'll probably discuss it in the, the episode before the Exeter game. Um, but yeah, hopefully get a nice, interesting tie in there. I mean, if we get one of the really lower down teams, at least we'll be on telly potentially then. That's the, the thing, because it might be the only way to watch it, because it... I don't know how they're going to do this because the EFL games, obviously they can broadcast them live, can't they? I wonder if there's some sort of thing being put in place for clubs to be allowed to stream games or not, potentially. It's a bit of a weird one, isn't it? I would imagine, and I would also hope that certainly the EFL clubs will possibly have raised this already and there'll be something ready to go. It's one of those questions you probably need to ask the club, really, isn't it? But there you go. Yeah. Okay, I think that's a news roundup. No, not, again, not a huge amount there this week. Um, straight on to the Oldham Athletic game review then, Dan. So the winning streak comes to an end. Not a really, very long winning streak, but there you go. Um, but we're still unbeaten, which is a big thing. Looking back at that Carabao Cup game against them at the start of the season, you would probably have said this is a big improvement. But looking at the way the game went, you've got to say it's three points dropped, really. Two. Sorry, two points dropped. Yeah. Apologies. Yeah, yeah. I, maths again. I think I think the uh, the general consensus was, whilst a point on the road is always welcome, I think uh, we had a, we had more of a ball for me. We had the better chances. Uh, you would have to say it was two points dropped. And we absolutely bullied them out of the game for about sixty minutes, didn't I think? Didn't we really? We were yeah, yeah. well on top and. It was only really when the play they brought on that I said I didn't really rate uh, Danny Rowe came on that they actually looked a better side. He didn't look a goal threat, but he was, I've said before, he's a, he's not he's not got the physique of an average football league player. He's quite a big lad, you know. He, he put He's not quite Matt Reed's size, but he's a big lad and he puts his physicality about and he's yeah. got a fairly decent touch and a decent pass on him. And he, he picked out the pass for Zach Turnley to get the equaliser, didn't he? So... That's the only time, really, when they put someone physical on that we struggled a little bit. I think that. that was also combined with one of our notes here. Uh, we, we've put that the game seemed to change a little when Callum Guy was taken yeah. off. I think that's well, the first talking point, isn't it, really? Callum yeah, Guy I've, I've, just, I've just read uh, Chris Beach's press conference this morning. Yeah. Apparently, Guy went over on his ankle in the warm-up, so he left the warm-up early, went to the dressing room, had it strapped up and said, no, I'm playing, I'm fit, I'm playing. And during the second half, I think it was just getting on top of him a little bit. Yeah, just keeping an eye on it. Yeah, he was limping in to the point where, you know, there's a little question mark about him for the weekend because of it, but yeah. it sounds like he should be okay. Yeah, but I agree. Like, the game completely changed on him coming off, didn't it, really? Because we were dominating. And the difference of him from the opening couple of games where, oh, I said this with Mike the other day, People were sort of saying, what does he actually contribute to the team? He's not really performing well enough to be starting. To the fact that now, you probably argue, he's one of the first names on the team sheet, isn't he? 
Yeah, I mean, Guy probably had a bit of a different summer compared to the rest of them because obviously he had that bad injury. injury. Yes, yeah. And, you know, he was obviously in a recovery phase when lockdown began. And it could just be a case of now the games are coming thick and fast that he's, he's got up to speed. You know, the, the the sudden sort of influx of games has probably helped him in this respect, you know. And mm. he's, uh, you know, he's... His stat that is was it the most interceptions or recoveries yeah, we yeah. mentioned? And he still should be top of that, you'd imagine, because his last couple of games he's been excellent. I mean, yeah, yeah. against Oldham, he was all over the pitch. He was covering yeah. every blade of grass. And he's very much that box-to-box midfielder that we were sort of told he would be. And you know, he's maybe a little bit, of a, I think as Lummy said, a bit of a, or, I think it was Lummy or James Phillips, a bit of a throwback midfielder, isn't he? He's just sort of all action. He's not really yeah, anything yeah, specific, yeah. is he? Um, and his set pieces as well are a big thing. We scored from his corner, so... Yeah, goes to yeah. show how big a player he is, and yeah. like I said, hopefully he'll be fit for the weekend. We really yeah. hope so. I'd, I'd, I'd like, to, I'd like to see him take a couple more shots. Yeah, he doesn't. Well, he doesn't really get in positions to take shots no, as much. No, maybe, but, but uh, maybe he needs to. I don't know. But you know, he's he's, yeah. he's got he's got a good delivery on him. You know, he's maybe worth having the odd pop now and again. Yeah. Okay. Well, next talking point, um, maybe about whether a certain player needs a rest, and that's Jimmy Torre. I mean, he's been so effective in those opening few weeks of the season, hasn't he? But Last couple of games, he just started to look like he's tiring maybe a little bit. And you, we talk about the fact that he's made the step up from non-league football to playing the league for the first time. Maybe just starting to catch up with him these games coming thick and fast, do you think? Yeah, he's also had a couple of little niggles, hasn't he? No, mm. Not enough to make him miss matches, but, uh, you know, just there's a couple of times when he's looked a little bit tired. It's maybe one of those where he, he just needs... You know, I mean, we, we've we've got players hopefully coming back shortly, you know, and it'll, it'll be interesting to see how we utilise all these forward players once we do have the likes of uh, Amari Patrick and Brennan Dickinson back because we've got to, we've got to be quite top-heavy up the top, so we'll certainly have options. And when players do look jaded or, not, you know, not on it, we'll have ready-made replacements, you know, like for like and... Uh, yeah, but no, he's, he, he has drifted in and out a little the last couple of games. Is, is it just that he's one of these typical players, you know, who have who have the tricks that, that do that, you know? Possibly, well, but when, I mean, he, his work rate's still there, though, isn't it, when you look at it? He still works yeah. hard, he still tracks back a lot. It's not like he's being lazy. He's not, we never accuse him of being lazy because he, he works back and no, he spots no, his no. fullback. I think he's maybe just getting a little bit disheartened when it comes yeah. to attacking wise. But I, mean, I say that, he hit the woodwork twice. So, you yeah, know, he, yeah. he did, it wasn't that bad. But, you know, we're, just, we're, we're discussing this now. You just know he's going to score on Saturday, don't you? Oh, yeah. He'll absolutely. score one, he'll make one. <laughs> absolutely. You just know he will. But, yeah, I do wonder if maybe it's one of these things with, with the fact that we've got basically these, what, something like five games in the space of. 14 days or maybe 17 days something like that you maybe have to look and think when do we give him his break here yeah potentially yeah. that's maybe what you're gonna look at but um but no I, I i think he's playing really well i just think he maybe just needs a little bit of a break yeah and we have got we said we've got those options in attack if patrick comes back in the next couple of weeks mm. potentially you have the option there as well but um it, it, it could it could be an option with two there where we actually bring him off the bench for one game you know to yeah to give him 25 minutes where he can properly go at it and yeah 25 minutes off the bench running at a tired defence will probably scare the life out of some players, you know. Especially if they've had to put with Gavin Riley doing that to them for yeah, yeah. half you know, an hour before that, potentially. Yeah, so, yeah. 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 Um, okay, then the next one. Joshua Coyote. Um, I picked this one out because 
I think Coyote's actually playing fairly well in games and his link-up play is really good and he, he comes deep for the ball and he, he, he plays some good free balls plays as well. I just don't think he's getting the same clear-cut chances he was when he first arrived, is he? He's struggling really to, you know, get shots on goal as much as he was. Yeah. I do wonder if maybe it's, it's a time for maybe to give Riley a little run up there, top maybe. I don't know. Yeah, then another thing with Coyote is we keep dragging him out wide to take his throw-ins, which... Yeah. We've mentioned before, yes, it's, it's a good tool to have in the locker, but we don't want to be over-reliant on it. And I mean, if, if you've got Alessandro on the pitch at the same time, why not mix it up and have one take one, then do one take one? Yeah, and then, the then have one, the one where we just go short to a player to knock it in, you know. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong, it's good to have these options, but I just hope we don't overuse it to the point where we become predictable and teams know what we're going to do. Yeah. Yeah, that that's where there's definitely an issue, and I, I, I don't think he's at the point of being dropped. Let's put it that way. I think Beachy's gonna be very happy with the way he's playing. I just think maybe he needs to get another goal soon. Why you start looking and you think, well, he's not scored in what, five games. I know he's been away in international duty as well, to be fair, but yeah. which probably makes it look worse than it actually is. Maybe maybe that's where I'm uh, forgetting that fact. But um, but yeah, I do wonder if maybe you want to freshen up because that was one thing people picked out on Tuesday night is we created a lot of chances. We also fluffed a lot of chances as well. That's the one thing. Some really good chances we should have really scored from as well. I haven't put this one on the list, Dan, but it's one I've just thought of now. Um, someone mentioned this to me the other day. I think I would say Tuesday night's probably the best I've seen from George Tanner since he arrived as well. Definitely. I, think it, definitely. He, I thought he was excellent. Yeah. It, it, it's, there's a couple of times where balls were almost played over the top, but he was so alert and sharp and got his head in there. And when he had to, he just knocked the ball long down the line. He, he didn't have any worries about doing that. And, this is the thing we go back to talking about the way we try to play under Stephen Presley and play possession and play pressing. Sometimes just knocking it along and letting someone like Coyote or Alessandro or Toure chase it down the flank is not such a bad thing. It really isn't. And yeah, fact- uh, sorry, uh, Tanner also he uh, he played a lot of football in the first half of last season for Morecambe where he was excellent, and then he went to Salford on loan, didn't he? Got an injury, he, didn't he? He got an injury and he didn't actually play. And no. it could be a game where he's maybe just took that couple of weeks longer to get back up to speed. And now we are up to speed. We're starting to see the best from him. So yeah, I think it was a great, great game from George. I think he's he's just starting to settle in there. And to be honest, the defense picks itself at the moment, really, doesn't it? You, you, every game, you you pretty much know it's going to be that goalkeeper, that back four. And to be honest. As long as they fit those two other midfielders in Mellish and Guy, it's the rest of the team that maybe you'd, you'd possibly change little bits of. And those seven really are picking themselves, aren't they? At present, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, anything else you want to talk about from that game, Dan? Uh, no, not that I can think of. No. Uh, just as I said, disappointing to drop the two points. But obviously, it just shows a sign of how far we've come because get get battered by them 3 0 and they comfortably were winners of that game. Uh, back at the start of the season, and and now we just dominated a game like that, and we were disappointed we didn't get all three. So yeah, yeah, good good signs, good signs. Uh, okay, Dan, I think that's it for part one. Um, let, up next, we'll look ahead to this weekend's game against Grimsby Town at Blundell Park. We'll be back in a sec.
Okay, welcome back everyone. We're into part two now and it's time to look ahead to this weekend's game against the Mariners of Grimsby Town. Okay, Dan, it's time for those interesting facts. I know you always like these. You've come up with these today, actually, for me. Thank you very much for digging them out. So, uh, Grimsby Town, the club was formed in 1878. God, that's old, isn't it, really? You look at league clubs, they're generally about 1900, yeah, aren't they? But yeah, 1878. Yeah. 1878, after a meeting held at the Wellington Arms Public House in Freeman Street in Grimsby. Several attendees, including members of the local Worsley Cricket Club, who wanted to form a football club to occupy their empty winter evenings after the cricket season had finished. The club was originally called Grimsby Pelham, this being the family name of the Earl of Yarborough, a significant landowner in the area. And the game was, uh, sorry, the name was changed to Grimsby Town the following year. Uh, Grim Here's some just general Grimsby facts for you, though. Grimsby Dock Tower has one million bricks in it. Um... <laughs> I don't know where you dug that one out from, Dan. <laughs> and just random oh, Grimsby fact. Yeah. And uh, it once had the largest fishing fleet in the world with over 400 boats, which is now down to a handful. Um, famous fans, Dan, you've got a few of those, haven't you? Yes, uh, it's, this is possibly one of the most diverse bunches yet. Uh, first up, we've got Thomas Turgoose, who is probably best known for being the actor in This Is England. Uh, uh, Jordan Pickford lookalike. Yeah, a br <laughs> brilliant series of... Uh, TV and film, and uh, Thomas Turgoose is a is, is a well known Grimsby fan. Yeah, he's uh, he's been on the likes of Soccer AM in his Grimsby top, and uh, yeah. he's always uh, celebrating his hometown. Uh, the second one is quite interesting. Those who've watched Man v Food, uh, Adam Rickman, the first presenter of Man v Food, is actually now a Grimsby shareholder. That's an interesting one because he's—I he's, think he's a Spurs fan, isn't he? Yeah, he Spurs his team supports. He's also a Grimsby fan to the point where, when they were in one of the conference playoffs, he was on—I think it was Five Live or Talk Sport, uh, obviously talking about it—and he's now actually became a shareholder in Grimsby. And uh, two or three others. Uh, former Chancellor of the Exchequer Norman Lamont is a Grimsby fan. And the next two, BBC Weather's Keely Donovan and a pop singer Ella Henderson. Though whether you see Ella Henderson down at Blundell Park much is obviously one that's <laughs> up for discussion. Indeed, indeed. Uh, that is a proper random mix today. It is, it is. Okay, Dan, thanks for those uh, random uh, set of uh, celebrity fans. Very much enjoyable. Um, so yeah, Grimsby, a team that I think we said in the season preview, we thought might have a bit of a difficult season. Maybe not struggling for relegation, but... Struggling sort of lower mid-table. They had a bit of a tough start, didn't they? But it was partly interrupted by a postponement due to COVID-19. I think, I can't remember that, who that was against. Or was was that them that had the game called off? But was it not Leighton Orient? I'm sure they played, did they not play Leighton Orient the other day? I think, do you remember? Uh, Possibly, I, I could be wrong about that. Can't, but, can't think. but anyways, they had a game called off due to COVID-19. Uh, but they've actually picked up in the last few games, haven't they? They've had a couple of uh, decent results. I think, um, if I have a quick look here, it looks... I mean, they, they beat Greensby... Sorry, they beat... Um, Cheltenham and Leighton Orient, uh, two away games in a row. They they won and they drew nil nil at Bolton, but they actually lost last time out at uh, home against Harrogate Town. Um, but yeah, so in the league they've played six, won two, drawn one, and lost three. They're currently in sixteenth place, eleven places, and six points behind United, who sit in fifth. Um, went out in the first round of the Carabao Cup on penalties after a one one draw with Morecambe. Uh, their manager is probably the best-known manager uh, at this level, you'd say, Ant, uh, Dan, isn't he? Uh, Ian Holloway. Certainly yeah, uh, a character, isn't he? He's, um, allegedly, his uh, final interview for the job took place in a chippy 
near um, Bundle Park. And anyone who's been to Bundle Park before will tell you they've got some absolutely terrific uh, fish and chip shops around there. Well, let, let, let's be honest, though. Grimsby, with its fishing heritage, should have some bloody good fishing. Oh, you, you, you know so, wouldn't you? <laughs> yeah. You know so. You know so. Um, yeah. he, he's managed Eel career. Um, he's he's been going since 1996. 24 years now. And he's he's 57 years old. Um, his first job was at Bristol Rovers, which is uh, his hometown club. He then went to QPR for five years. I think he had five years at Bristol Rovers, then five years at QPR before uh, a brief spell at Plymouth an even briefer spell at Leicester City. And then probably his best-known spell of his career would be at uh, Blackpool, wouldn't it, uh, Dan? He did a brilliant job there to get them into the Premier League, didn't he, when, against all the odds. He then had a spell briefly at Crystal Palace, similar with Millwall, back to QPR, and now has found himself at Grimsby Town. A bit of a drop-down, really, from uh, some of his previous jobs. But he's one of those sort of managers that the resources aren't going to be great there, but you'd imagine someone like him should be able to drag them to a position higher than you'd expect wouldn't he well I'm, I'm just looking at uh, the transfers they brought in and in the summer and it, it just so ties in with using your contacts because mm. they've got a lad from Folkestone in Victor a lad from Halesow in town Aberystwyth town and Taunton town all signed yeah. and then uh, Sean the Scannell did the one that Sean Scannell from Blackpool and uh, Danny Rose from Swindon uh, and known and Bilal Mojny, who uh, used to be at Rangers, came in as a free agent, which yeah. which absolutely smacks of Holloway using his contacts. Yeah, and uh, you have a look; they've got they've got seven lads in on loan, and uh, you know a couple from Forest, two from Bristol City, West Brom, Wolves, Bristol Rovers. Again, that's likely Ian Holloway using his extensive <coughs> contacts. Yeah, um, one of the loans that stands out for me actually is Kyle Bennett. Now he's a player who was a decent uh, lad in the past, wasn't he? Where was he at? He was at. Um, he was at Doncaster for a few years. Port. Doncaster. Yeah. I remember at Berry. I think that's when I remember him being quite good. I think we nearly signed him actually when he went to Doncaster. Yeah. I think yeah. we were trying to sign him back then, but he didn't did, didn't quite work out the transfer. But yeah, so, you know these these the work they've done over the summer has been not too bad, has it? Really, when you look at the transfers, it's hit or miss. I mean. For the sort of budget they've probably got available, not too bad, maybe. Um, you look at the players who left them, I mean, the only one who really stands out is Charles Vernon, who was looking excellent towards the end of last season. Bar that, there's no one there that makes you... Or maybe Jake Hesslenthaler, but bar that, no one else really. You think, oh, God, missed out on him. But, yeah. Uh, well, Jordan Cook left them, didn't he? Yeah, well, uh, met, more on him later. More on him yeah, later, yeah. yeah. And Billy Clark, maybe, a push. But the yeah, rest Billy of them, Clark, yeah, but there's... It's a lot of loan signings going back as no, well. And there's think, so. two, or, two or three of them have actually gone to non-league by the looks. Uh, yeah. So yeah, a bit of a mixed bunch there. Um, but yeah, so not, not not the greatest start for them so far, but they picked up at the last few games. Then, I mean, losing against Harrogate, start of the season you might have said, oh, that's not a great result. But actually, the way Harrogate are playing this season... Harrogate uh, hitting form, aren't they? Doesn't look too bad at all, does it, really? Yeah, you know, they've, yeah. they've, they've got a bit of consistency there, I think. The difference between them and Barrow is the fact that they've kept their manager in most of their squad and that, that makes a huge difference, I think, sometimes when you come up. As we saw from the conference, to be fair, we kept most of our players together and it does help sometimes. Um, yeah. Yep, yeah, okay, so uh, just on quickly to team news. Um, only new bit of uh, team news there, really, is the fact that Callum Guy's a doubt, isn't it? Uh, yeah, uh, like, like I said earlier, uh, Beach mentioned that he rolled his ankle in the warm-up on Tuesday. I don't think I think he'll certainly be involved from the way he was talking. 
Uh, and also uh, update on Amari Patrick. I think he's back on the grass now. So oh, that's good. This, this weekend, maybe a little too early, maybe on yeah. the bench, but yeah. Uh, yeah. we'll see. We'll see. Uh, and by that, obviously, Ethan Walker and Dickinson are out till the end of the year. Um, and Josh Dixon, like we said, I think they just need to get some games from him at the moment, don't they? That's yeah, the, the big yeah. problem with him. And obviously, the only other bit is that uh, Miko Ibero might uh, feature because he didn't feature midweek. And I think. Beach did make it clear that he would probably need to get a good week of training into him before he had a chance. I think he, he only actually joined up with us today. Was it today? Ah, oh, right. Yeah, yeah. I suppose actually gives it a bit of a bubble before they go to uh, Oldham in midweek. It would make sense, yeah, really. Yeah. So uh, that'll be interesting to see whether he features or not on the bench. Um, I suppose if Guy does drop out, he does throw that place available to him, I guess. Um, interesting midweek that he, uh, he brought Armour and um, someone else onto the bench, didn't he, in place of Divine and. It was obviously Norman. Did Norman come back onto the bench? I think midweek. Norman and Armour came onto the bench. I think and it was Divine and Dewhurst. I think they dropped off. Yeah. So uh, interesting that one. Um, Grimsby Town team news again. One of these ones is difficult just to get all the team news, isn't it? For, for teams. Yeah. Um, the, the problem is a lot of teams do the press conferences sort of when we're recording, don't they? So. Yeah. So at the moment we're not one hundred percent certain. I'll have a quick look at their squad on. Good old transfer mark, because sometimes they have the injuries on there. Doesn't show anyone is having an injury right now, so it looks like they might have a fairly full squad to pick from, possibly. Yeah, can't, can't see any injuries there, so yeah, it doesn't look too bad for them. Okay, Dan, on to predictions then. I'm going to change Don't. from Ooh. my I'm going to change from my much supported 1-1. I'm going to go for a sneaky 2-1 win. Ooh. And I'm going to say Jimmy Torre, because... Because we've mentioned him, he's bound to score. And I'm going to go for Nick Anderton's screamer. Oh, interesting choice. Well, you know what? I'm going to go for the same score, but I'm going to go from different scorers. I'm going to go opening goal. Uh, um, you know what? I'm going to go Coyote because I mentioned the fact that he hasn't scored in a while. And I think Gavin Riley will come on as a sub and grab a late winner. That's my prediction. There you go. Coyote and Riley, 2-1 win. Interestingly um, enough, I was just looking at our history against Grimsby and they're probably one of the teams we have one of the worst records against. I think in 47 games in League and Cup, we've only won 11 or 12. Blimey. And it's lost uh, 24 of them. Well, it's time for that to change then, isn't it, yeah. really? Yep, so that's covered the uh, preview of the Grimsby game, Dan. Uh, finally, for this episode, let's get on to the XCUFC updates and I think you've compile these again for me today yeah there's uh obviously now the transfer window uh domestically shut on friday uh, a couple that picked up uh former loanee jamie proctor has gone to newport uh from rotherham and he'll probably play alongside he who shall not be named anymore yeah and uh a former loanee from a few years ago who didn't really do anything for us jack marriott uh, we got him from Ipswich, was it? He came to us. Yeah, this this was one of those weird loan signings. That was it under Curl that we signed him. It might even have been before that. I can't remember. But it was one of those where he, I think he was sent for the experience, and it didn't really happen for him. But uh, he's he's departed Derby for Chef Wed on loan. Uh, and as as alluded to earlier, Jordan Cook uh, obviously was at Grimsby last season. He's dropped down to Gateshead which I think is quite a bit of a drop for him. I know now he's back home, sort of, but, you know, it's 
there was there was a couple of fans that actually mentioned you know he, he would maybe do us as a squad player for this season but yeah an interesting one that one um i just checked there jack murray was signed by uh graham Kavanagh. i do apologize yes, to Carl, yes, right? I, yeah, um yeah. he was signing that summer wasn't he that we came back down to league two and it's one of those ones <laughs> these loan signs really annoy me they're built to be something big or you know and we're, we're told they're really good and then we never use them and they end up going somewhere else and they're actually being half decent and it always seems to happen yeah, to us yeah. I don't know I why mean, that is. Maybe he just he wasn't quite ready because obviously he's uh, he's been in the championship for a good couple of years now, hasn't he? So yeah. he's uh, he's had a decent career. Yeah. And uh, the the only, the only other sort of ex-player making headlines, you could say, Charlie White uh, seems to be scoring a couple of goals at Sunderland. Uh, yeah, he's not, from what, by all accounts, he's not actually that popular there, is he? It's a bit of a weird one, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, he's, he's, he's very rate Jekyll him. and Hyde with their fan base and. Uh, but he's, uh, he's scored two or three in the last couple of weeks. Uh, obviously, one of them was against us in the, the We Don't Talk About It trophy. But uh, no, he's, uh, he seems to be scoring and Sunderland seem a bit more solid this season. Maybe they'll, they'll finally get out of League One. Yeah. Okay, Dan, I think that pretty much uh, covers it for this uh, preview episode. Thanks again for joining me. Much no appreciated. Um, I am going to be speaking to John Coleman tomorrow. I'm going to be doing the... Uh, the special with him about his new book, Bolts and the Blue Blues. Sorry, um, again, hundred percent recommend you get that book if you haven't. It's a really, really good read, and we are going to do that kids special. I keep saying it, but we are because we yeah, want to get yeah. we want to get our campaign launched, don't we? We are really big behind that. Um, so, if you've got any uh, comments or feedback, or there's anything you'd like to suggest we discuss, please send them in via Twitter to at Brunton Bugle or by email to bruntonbugle at gmail.com. Can please. I just chip? Can I just Go chip on. in there? Uh, obviously like to thank a couple of uh, listeners who pointed out the problems we had with iTunes yes. this week. Yeah, well, I, I think uh, actually... We had gremlin, gremlins in the work. I don't think it was just iTunes. I had a look into this and another podcast I listened to had the same problem. And they, right. I know that they use Acast, so I think it was a problem with Acast briefly, but, yeah, but all no, sorted thanks, now. Yeah, thanks to those who yeah. pointed it out and we got yeah. it sorted quickly. Yeah. Remember, you can subscribe to the podcast via all good podcast apps, including Acast, Spotify, Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts. Please do also give us a review. We really appreciate the good feedback. I've seen a couple of uh, comments. I think it was on uh, the Apple's uh, Apple Podcast thing the other day. Actually, I was when I was going in to try and work out what was wrong. Really nice to see some uh, lovely comments from people. I'm stalling for time here, Dan, because I am waiting for the uh, map to load up and show me <laughs> where we've had we, listeners. Are we, are we playing uh, worldwide roulette again? We so are. Our Portuguese listeners still 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 tuning in. He's not got in contact yet, so if you are listening, get in contact. We'd love to hear from you. Um, we've got a Cyprus listener, Dan. That's got, got to be listener. someone on holiday, hasn't it? You, you'd imagine it is, sure. Yeah. I mean, the Chile listeners are repeat listeners as well, so maybe you do have listeners in Chile. Who knows? Let me see. I can try to find Cyprus on the old map now, so I'm clicking it right. So two listeners in Cyprus. Whereabouts in Cyprus? So that's the question. It is in Kukila. I have no idea where that is. It's on the uh, western <laughs> side. So, Kukila Blues, shout out to you. Thanks for listening. Um, but that's it, Dan. We'll, uh, we'll be back next week to uh, preview the Morecambe game and look back at hopefully three points against the Mariners. So, uh, thanks again, everyone, for listening. And up the, up blues. the blues.